Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Here we go. Welcome back to The DK Project. Holy smoke, sports fans. We have got a legend on the line. We were just talking before we got on the air. Uh, this is a certified legend. I, I, I can't even believe uh, the things we're going to have to go over. We've got you zooming in from where? L.A. today? Yeah, Los Angeles. This is my office. Everybody, um, we have got Kenny Arnoff on. And, am I saying that right? I, I always get nervous right at the last minute. Legendary drummer. This guy's played with everybody. This is the part that I like. But now, now that we've peeled back the onion skin a little bit, there's a lot going on here. This isn't just drumming. This is legend i mean what a what an arsenal your resume must be like a like a small uh bible it's it's thick man you got it all yeah. going on how are you today brother i'm good man it's um i'm excellent I, i'm good i i just love the idea we were talking before we got on the air and you're going to be playing with the bodines this weekend uh not far from where we're located here in the minneapolis and <laughs> in the minneapolis uh and uh and so do you do a few dates with them how do you what uh, where do we well, start? Well, I, 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 I've been actually playing with them on and off longer than anybody else. In 1988, when Mellencamp decided to quit touring for a second, uh, I started doing ses- becoming a session drummer, and their their home album, the Bodine's home album, was done in Milwaukee. So I started playing with them and recording, and then they asked, I started playing live shows, and then I'd go back to Mellencamp, and then I'd go back to the Bodine's, and it's been that way for like 20 eight years and uh so when this pandemic was kind of lifting i was going to go on a world tour with joe satriani and and that got pushed back to next year and all of a sudden i was available to do uh fogarty and bodine's date so that's what i'm doing right now in between recording um you know recording sessions and speaking events i'm going from the Bodine's gig in Skokie and then in uh, Wisconsin, and I'm going to go to Myrtle Beach and, and deliver a, I do these teamwork speeches uh, at uh, some um, convention for a corporation hires me and they have like a week long convention. I'm the, the guest speaker. Well, and this is, this is uh, at KennyAronoff.com. You can see all this stuff. So Aronoff, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Aronoff.com. Yeah. Uh <laughs> That's right. I, I tell me about the public speaking now. I mean, I, you've got so much. Uh, let's start in the beginning, though. What? So you were you started off with like some jazz, and you were like playing, and then all of a yeah. sudden you pick up with Mellencamp. Was that your first big run? Well, that's the first big run. But the real story is like I'm a little kid. I grew up in a, you know, I was ten years old playing outside with my twin brother, uh, and we grew up in a small. A, a real small town of 3,000 people grew up in like a, an old country farmhouse in the hills of Western Massachusetts. And there was nothing on TV to watch. So we were always outside. My mom screamed at us one day to come in the house. And we thought we were in trouble, <laughs> which was usually the case. And when we got in there, she's pointing to this black and white TV set, uh, RCA TV set with the rabbit ears to get better reception. You know, the big the old box. Days. Yeah. And, um, there was, uh, the Beatles were on TV. It was the Ed Sullivan show. And so when they started playing, I'd heard rock and roll, but I'd never seen it. I was flipping out. And I, I just literally uh, was so exhilarated, so amazed. And I, I before I even knew what these words meant, I realized uh, that's my purpose in life. That's what I want to do. I want to be part of a, a band of guys, a team of people, 
playing together, making music like they are. And I, I didn't know who they were, where they were from, but I knew I wanted to be doing that. So I asked my mom, who are these guys? And she says, well, they're the Beatles. And I went, well, I want to play with the Beatles. Call them up. Get me in the band. <laughs> you know, I'm 10 years old. And I said, and forget about the piano lessons. I want to play drums. Yeah. You know, they look they look cool. They had the hair, long hair. They were in suits. They were cool. I never yeah. seen like it. So, but here's the cool thing. 50 years later, 50, I get called to do a CBS special called The Night That Changed America, honoring the Beatles for that Ed Sullivan show that 73 million people in North America saw. And now I get to perform with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, the two remaining oh my Beatles. God. And... Not only that, but, you know, Stevie Wonder and Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Come and James on. And, and that had to be amazing. Uh, Jeff Lynn from ELO, Dave Grohl from FUFA. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. And, and there was a moment after I played nine different artists, there was like 30 minutes left in the show, and I went into the arena to look for my wife in this, these elite seats. Tom Hanks, his wife, Ringo Starr, his wife, Paul McCartney, his girlfriend, George Harrison's widow, Yoko Ono, which is Lennon's widow, Johnny Depp, Sean Penn and Tom Cruise. And they're all like there. And I'm like, wow. But Ringo's applauding. And I played with him the night before at the Grammys. And two weeks prior to that, we did double drums at this event. They were honoring him. But I never had that moment where I could say what I was about to say. So I'm, you know, it's been a long day, 12-hour day. And I get down on one knee trying to think of what I'm going to say because everyone's looking at me. And he says, oh, man, that's okay. I'm already married. <laughs> you got like, like so that. Good. So I, I, and what I told him was I said, dude, you, you're the reason why I play drums. And you're the reason why I play rock and roll. And you and the Beatles set me on a course at age 10 that I've been on ever since. And I just want to thank you. Man. Thank you. That's amazing that, that you get to meet him down the road like that. So now, now a, I don't know. I don't know if Ringo listens to my podcast. I, I don't know. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'd so say if, no. if you had to pick under the table, listen to you, I'd say no. So if you had to pick <laughs> under the table between you and I, who's better with the sticks? Who are you going with? If you're you a gambling man. I, but I, I don't know that you played. No, drum, no, Ringo. So. Ringo or you, not me. I don't know. You see me with sticks, <laughs> you run the other way. You or Ringo, if you had to pick. Oh, two different drummers. I mean, that'd be like trying to pick what's tastes better, an apple or an orange. I mean- they're both great. Ringo's got a style. I'll tell you, man, when you start playing next to him, holy shit, it became even more clear. Really? What a, what a unique, uh, special feeling drummer he has. I listen to Sirius Radio, the Beatles channel a lot, and I'm stepping back. I've heard those songs for my whole life. I'm stepping back and listening to just time and groove between all the musicians in that band. It is uncanny how they all play this with the same feel. Really? It's like it's ridiculous. I mean, rhythm guitar is really the hi hat and the snare drum. And George Harrison and whoever's playing rhythm and Ringo are totally in the same sync. And I trust me, I'm an expert at this. And and when they play like an a, a, like an eighth note thing, like do gaku goo, they all do it the same way. When they sing, it's all fluid. It's like and they were young when they did that and we're talking there were no pro tools i was gonna say what what do you think they what do you attribute that to are they all just you cut from the same cloth i mean what what how did do you see that with other musicians that gel like that yeah zeppelin did but these guys 
uh, these guys were really tight, really tight with great feel, perfect time, great feel. They didn't, I don't think they recorded with click tracks. They had no editing skills. Like there was no pro tools. You had to get full takes. They even back and they started, I think they were recording on four tracks. That means you would record everything on three tracks then bounce it all down to one track. That means you couldn't change anything. Once you bounce three tracks to one, you're stuck with that. Then they'd have three more open tracks. Then they would record on two other tracks and then bounce the thing they had bounced to one track and these two tracks to another track. You're making commitments with sound, time, <laughs> everything. For you, sure. You know, can you imagine they have to they have to project how that will end up sounding on a record and on the radio? And they had to learn, well, if we do this, this will work later on. If we do this, you know, they had to look ahead. Wow. Dude, they, that, and so th that, you know, everybody gave Ringo a hard time back then because you see, back then before rock, it was jazz. And so you had Buddy Rich, Gene Cooper, Louis Belson, you know, all the, 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 the great jazz drummers out of New York, Elvin Jones, Philly Joe Jones, Joe Jones. I mean, these guys had chops. I mean, they had so much technique. And someone was like, oh, Ringo can't play. Well, I'll tell you what, man. He came up with parts that I would never in my wildest dream come up with, like on like Come Together. Ride cymbal and kick drum. Ding, ding, then go over the hi-hat. <laughs> Who the hell? I, I would never have done that. Where did he get that? Or this song, uh, what's it called? The beat is like, do button, chicken, do cotton, chicken, and that, uh, what I would have gone, I would just play the hi hat all the way through. Where did he come up with that? So, in stuff, those, you know, in those scenarios, then, uh, in, in any band that you deal with, is it is it the drummer writing the drum parts, or do they come to you and say, here's what I'm thinking I hear? Can you, you well, polish it, or yeah. is it, or is it like come up with something? It's both. Uh, back in the day, you know, John Mellencamp. All the, I played on all the hits except for "I Need Lover," and because uh, I wasn't in the band yet. But he would play a song on acoustic guitar, and then he'd look at me and go, "What do you got?" I mean, it was scary because you have to understand when I recorded Jack and Diane. That was the first album, American Fool, I played drums on, and Jack and Diane went to number one. And I had to come up with. I programmed the machine. I had to come up with that solo on the spot in one day, or I thought I was going to be fired again. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was, so, but that song went to number one, made him millions of dollars. See, back then when you were number one, there was only two charts. It was the album charts yep. and the singles charts. Yep. Nowadays, somebody will say, man, I'm on 20 number one hit singles. Yeah, those charts are like, all you have to do is, sell 50 records and you're on the charts. I mean, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's the, not same the same as back then. No. If, if you were number one back then, you're competing against The Who, your Zeppelin, The Beatles, The That's Stones, Palm, you know, uh, uh, Tom Petty, Elton John, Billy Joel. That's who you're competing against. Now, these other people that are on these other charts, they're not competing against shit. Well, you know? on that, so on, you could be number So On that side of it, well, too, back though. Back then, man, those they they got to go out and get that album. Like right now, I can download any album you oh, want. Oh yeah, oh Or they course. had to like well, physically go get it, which you know that that alone that was, doubles the numbers. Just the fact yeah, that they're putting the energy it, into it. Well, it, yeah, exactly. So, but 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 you know, there wasn't a lot. I mean, 
I'm so old. It wasn't like I said. It was a black and white TV set. So <laughs> to get it on my one speed fat tire bike with a basket to go downtown to get the album was like fantastic. Oh, it's a big I love. Oh man, it was. And so anyway, so John, after Jack and Diane went to number one, why wouldn't he say, "What do you got, Kenny?" So yeah. every time he played a song, he wanted me to come up with a beat that would direct that song into a hit, and. I came up with a method because I was crapping in my pants every time because, see, it's a lot of to pressure. Solve, to so, a lot of pressure to solve problems takes creativity, and everybody in a band has to contribute. Everyone, John demanded that. I mean, John was like, he'd say, "Listen, you guys, I write the same songs. I need creative and innovative parts from you guys to get these songs on the record, to get them on the radio." And Kenny, if somebody has a better beat to play than what you're playing. You play it, and everybody in this band does not own. You don't own your instruments. We all play each other's instruments. We need hits. We need parts. And he walked out of the room, and I thought, what a jerk. But <laughs> I mean, his delivery sucked. But I look back now and go like, wow, how the hell did he know that? That's like that's like that's like a Bill Belichick with the Patriots type of talk. You know, like really looking at it's all teamwork. It's all we have, you know, if we get a number one hit single, we won the Super Bowl. Everybody right. gets a ring. So anyway, there was a lot of pressure and this is what I came up with. So I thought, okay, you know, it's like, you know, he's going to ask me, he's playing this song. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? How can I reinvent the wheel? So I went the other direction. When he played the song, I go, okay, what's the most obvious beat in the world? I'm not going to play that for him, but that's a starting point. Then I go, okay, now how can I embellish that beat a little bit, make it a little different, and then a little bit more different, then completely think out of the box. And that's how I came up with beats. I'll give you an example, Crumbling Down. That album, Uh Uh-huh, came after American Fool. The album is done. We got the Authority song, we got Pink Houses, and a couple of them. John calls me up one day and goes, Hey, Arnold, what are you doing? I said, practicing. I practice eight hours a day, you know. And he'd go, listen, I just wrote a single. It's going to be the first single on the album. I went, what? but the album's done. It's mastered. It's mixed. He says, no, no, no. We need a lead-off single. We need a lead-off single. See, John was still trying to be creative even when the album was done for fear that he'd lose his record deal. Because back then, you if you're as good as your last song or right. last album. For sure. So, so John, so I'm gonna come over in 20 minutes. I'm crapping in my pants. So he says, and wouldn't you know it, he walks right up to me and says, listen, this song's a hit, don't F it up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no pressure. So he's sitting real close, right in front of me, because I was renting a, you know, a, a house, and he starts playing Crumbling Down, acoustic guitar. Gung, 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 dun, 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 dun. I remember sitting with my fingers, I'm at the drum set, but I didn't even have sticks. And I thought I could go, Doosh, ga, do, do, da. nah, he, we've done that before. Doosh, ga, um, do, ga, um, do, nah, the floor time, boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, but it sounded a bit too powerful. And eventually I thought, let, let me do something they've never done, which so I go with the bass drum, boom, boom, ba, and then on the snare drum, boom, boom, ba, boom, 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 ba, boom, 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 ba, boom, chica, and the chick is on the hi hat. Usually you always play the hi-hat, but I did it. I put it right in the hole. Boom, boom, ga-dum, boom, ga-dum, dum 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 It was different. I'd never, it's simple, but different. John likes different. Good. And he didn't say nothing. 
And if he doesn't say nothing, that means he likes it. Because if he doesn't like it, he'll let you know. <laughs> and so, and the other thing is, so that set, like, kind of like, this is exactly what John's looking for. It was a creative, unique beat that he had never heard. Definitely not on his records. And then from there, I could build it. Because then when I went into the pre-chorus, I started adding the hi-hat. And then i do a fill. And then it's the chorus. Where the walls come tumbling. Now I'm going, God, boom, boom, And so now you've got these parts that lift the song. And then it comes back down again. And this is the way I did it with John and, and onward. But nowadays since I have my studio, Uncommon Studios LA, when the, the when downloading started, record sales went to, into the shitter. Yeah. Nobody could, was selling records, so the budgets went. I had drums, I was living in Indiana. Uh, when I left Camp, I stayed there, and I had drums in LA, New York, Nashville, Germany, and Japan, and people would fly me all over the world because they were, there was so much money. But Damn. when the set records, listen, I'm on three albums that sold over 40 million copies. Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell 2 with I'll Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. Uh, two Celine Dion records. Now the record labels are making like 82 cents on the dollar, basically. Yeah. 82 cents times 40 million is a lot of money. So they can afford to put you in the big studios and you know, it's just like fly me first class, hotels, cars. Best of deal. everything, man. Yeah, it, it all went away. So I moved to L.A. and I took all my drums out of New York, Nashville and Indiana, moved to L.A. and got a studio. And now people send me like a file. Yeah. Either they'll send, send me a Pro Tools file and I can just open it up and there's everything. Or if they don't have Pro Tools, they send me like an MP3 of the song and I ask them to send me the song with the, the drum part that they made the demo with. And I sit right there. I'll show you something. This is this is what I do. I write every single note out. Oh my gosh. Come on. And not, not only that, but I've learned how to, that's what I got for my education, studying classical music for five years at Indiana University. But Holmes I write eight. every note out and I can make it sound like I'm not reading. That took like 25 years. Just being able to read, write fast. I could write that in 30 minutes and then play it exactly note for note what, what what they sent me and so that's a starting point because people who send you their songs they get used to the drum part they've been hearing it right for a long time so i learned that give them what they've been listening to and then i'll send them another take where i start adding what i think would be better and i send them a lot of times well i used to send three takes i send two takes and I might have a discussion and then I send it, uh, it back. I have them send me, if they don't send me the Pro Tools files, Pro, people listening, that's a, a digital format for recording music. And when they send me a Pro Tools file, I can open up and there's the bass, the guitars, the vocals. And they're the, all separate the tracks. Yeah. but And then I add, I have a template of, let's say, 12 to 18 mics and we bring that template into their session so now you have all my drums and i record and i send it back now if they don't have pro tools they'll send me like an mp3 of the demo with the drums then i say give me the mp3 without the drums because that's what i'm applied to and give me the click track which is the metronome that they recorded to and the reason why i want them to record with click track 
because man, if you're trying to chase people's tempos at all over the place, <laughs> it never works or rarely it works. And the, wow. the next thing I'll ask them is, are you keeping anything that I'm playing to? Because a lot of times the guitars are rushed or vocal might be rushed or it's not totally in time. And if they say they are not, I take the music and put it way down. I play right on the click and they overdub everything to me. How, that That's like totally changed your business. Like, you know, uh, I, I was just, uh, I have a friend who was uh, talking with somebody from uh, Huey Lewis in the News and, uh, yeah. and he had a studio in his house. Same thing. They send me everything I need. I put it all yep. together. I mean, it's just amazing that the technology, when I started my podcast and my voiceover business, I was using pro tools but that is not the right thing for us that's for you guys because it's yeah. it's complicated but it allows you to add in whatever yeah. and and uh and i actually got to watch uh, my producer at the time put my theme song together which um you know has like eight or nine layers yeah. ten layers and it's just amazing to watch that happen so that oh, makes sense then i send that to you I I'm not the engineer i hired an engineer <laughs> yeah, because well. when, when something goes wrong Oh my God, I don't know what, I mean, I just don't, look at, I'm recording so much. I am so busy. The, you know, it says it on my, my book. Must be true. Can, you know, drum, <laughs> sex, drums, rock and roll, the hardest, the hardest work. No, it's the hardest hitting man job is, but really I wanted to say the hardest working man, but that was James Brown's uh, line. So we didn't do it. Oh, right, but right, I, right. I, I'm, a, I'm a workaholic. So I work seven days a week, seven nights a week. And so I, I don't have time to learn Pro Tools, but you touched on something that's very, very, very valid. I, I read something where humankind, you know, over the millions of years has adapted uh, and survived from tools and technology. Tools and technology, you know, it was the wheel, fire, you know. And so when, when, so I adapted when the budgets went, I created my own studio. When COVID hit, when COVID hit, my studio, I adapted into a TV studio so I could do virtual speaking because I knew can't go to these big conferences. Sure. And I did. I created, I adapted and had to learn all this technology, Pro Tools, digital performer, lights, t four TV monitors, all, cameras, you name it. And I was able to pull off uh, doing virtual speaking from there and once again, tools and technology, I adapted. I adjusted to the system, to the, the environment I was to. in. You have to roll call, with it. You have to. I call it adapt or die. Adapt <laughs> Now, or wait die. a minute. I, I don't know, I don't know uh, where your comfortable uh, comfortability level is with this, but for those of the people who are watching or, or have seen Kenny in places, what's the secret, dude? Like, you're not uh, young anymore. Let's say that. Yeah. That you look like a forty-year-old. I mean, what the hell? What are yeah. you using on your skin? That's what I need to know. But I, well, I, put, I put cream on my uh, every day. I put, <laughs> after I shave and I put, you know, sunblock stuff. You know, Olay from CVS, and then I put eye stuff. I've been doing that since nineteen ninety-four. At night, I put stuff on. I also eat pretty damn good. I'd say my only vices are coffee. And I'll drink wine and have some whiskey. But Atta other than boy. that, I, I eat pretty. I eat pretty healthy. I mean, I start the day um, <clears throat> with a water, lemon juice, and apple cider vinegar, Ooh. which creates. It's really good for you before you have coffee. Then, if I'm really hot, kicking butt, I have a, a, a fresh squeezed celery juice, which uh, takes inflammation out of your body, and it's really good for you. Um, 
and then I make a shake, which I made, but I haven't finished yet. And in there is Ooh. blueberries, a cup, a cup of blueberries. Uh, What's in that? Right? It looks like a spittoon from a tobacco deal. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, uh, it's a coconut milk with no sugar in it, and it's a, 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 a cup of blueberries, which is great for your immune system, uh, a huge tablespoon of peanut butter, or you put nuts in it, the sugar and the fat cut your your appetite down, and then I put a very healthy protein powder, green food, and I put in some fish oil, and fish oil is good for about, I mean, 30 different organs in your body and so i'll start with that then i'll have the coffee or vice versa i'll have the coffee than that Man. and then you know i mean i'm i'm aware of diet and you know that's i need to get aware of diet but i also think I, what i'm learning from people that i've been talking to and visiting with is once you commit to shaving the head then the age thing is no longer nobody knows how old you are you no know? gray i'm only 29 look at this thing that's stress just yeah. kidding i wish i was 29 <laughs> But no, I'm telling you, man, you look good. Yeah. Whatever you're doing is working. You. So now, now tell me this: at at any point in your life, I mean, do anything for an entire song, whether it be guitar, drums, whatever. Drums getting a workout. How the hell do you do it? Like a whole, like a whole concert. I mean, are oh, you just nothing. falling that's down a, dead? With Fogarty, we used to do four hour sound checks, then a two and a half hour concert. And I was playing full. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, I, and I never, I'm not tired ever. I train, you know, I have a gym in my gym, house. I have a gym, you know, I, I've, I've been working out. Well, first of all, even in high school, I was a three letterman jock by the time I was a sophomore. So I've always been into staying fit and in shape. You know what I mean? I just always have it's It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And then, uh, then I started to get a trainer in 1994 and I learned all about diet and supplements. And, uh, and so I've made it a lifestyle now, uh, to get ready for, so I, I'm going to play with the Bodines. I leave Thursday. So I'm our, every day I do like a 30, uh, well, it's an hour. I do an hour of practicing. I have a 30 minute routine that, that points at exactly every skill I need to sound great. And then I, I continue to keep my endurance and then I do cardio and yeah, I mean, you got to stay in shape, man. I'm telling you, dude, I, 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 I hope to, uh, be half as able uh at when i get to be older yeah. i hope i hope to be ha i'm half as able now so it's frightening because yeah. i'm just at that point where i'm starting to look at diet and x because i really you know i'm I'm turning, I'm turning that corner but uh, so I, you showed the uh the music sheets there so you're gonna go play with the bodines this weekend and then you're going out with fogarty the next weekend or whatever yeah what are they yeah. how, how do you know all the songs like i mean i can remember to sing some but there's no, no way that's why I learned to read and write. Now Fogarty, I got all that memorized because I've been doing it for a long time. The Bodines, I have, and I have those a, a chart for every song, and I put it into an iPad, and I have a foot switch that'll advance, so <laughs> I can look at, I can look at this, you know, because I did Kings of Chaos, which was with D. Snyder, uh, uh, Jack Blades from, um, you know, Night Ranger and <clears throat> and Damn Yankees, and then there was um, uh, what's his name from Cheap Trick. Uh, Robin's Xander. So we, I had 15 songs I had to learn from these guys, and then we did Zeppelin, we did Guns and Roses, we did uh, Rat songs, and and you know they're changing tempos day of the show and they're changing arrangements. I write all that out. I write everything out so that and these guys, man, they love me because I make. I mean, I just pretty flawless. Set it and forget and, it. They don't have to babysit you. You're just yeah, doing and it. I can't. And you're right. I can't memorize that stuff. The Kennedy Center honors, 
you're honoring like Paul McCartney. You're playing with Sting and Bruce Springsteen and Mellencamp and and Melissa Etheridge and one after another. The press, of the United States up there. It's 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 one. Of, it is the Super Bowl. The pressure. Everybody in that band has to be able to read like a mofo. Yeah. Because they're making changes. It's reading, reading and writing and reading and writing. There's Man, no, that's impressive. Because there's no two ways about it. Looking at looking at your website, you've worked with everybody. I I'm blown mm-hmm. away. And and it's funny because. We have people on. It's like, oh, you've worked with a lot of people, but it's like you have. I mean, from the yeah. from the the you know the Beatles and whatnot on down. I saw Trace Atkins on there. Um, yeah. Celine Dion. You know, it's funny because I bought my wife a uh, thing when uh, Celine had the deal in in Vegas. And yeah. Everybody laughed at me. Oh, you're gonna go see Celine because I'm not a. She's good. Oh my God, it oh, it was life changing. And, and of course. When you have that budget in Vegas and you can do what you want, yeah. people, you got people flying through the air and sh- it was, yeah. it blew me away. It was, it was ridiculous. But, um, yeah. uh, I, I noted her on there, but I also saw that you were, uh, worked with Kelly Clarkston. Is she all she's cracked up to be? Everybody seems to love her. You know what? Uh, there's a lot of sessions. These people don't show up. Celine Dion never showed up to the session that I was doing. Kelly Clarkson wasn't there either, but what does that mean? she, they didn't show up. I did. I did. I I was on tour with Michelle Branch once, uh, and I did her first two records. And I'm on tour with her. And I flew from Philadelphia at seven thirty in the morning. Flew to L. A. Got off the plane. Got a rental car. And I was recording by twelve noon. I did thirteen songs and got back on a plane. Flew back to New York to do uh, some morning show with M- Michelle Branch. Eight Alanis Morissette songs. She wasn't there. One Melissa Etheridge song. She wasn't there. Two Anastasia songs. She wasn't there. Gwen Stefani song. She wasn't there. And I think it was Goo Goo Dolls. They weren't there. 13 songs. Bam, 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 bam. Never saw anybody. Got back on the plane, took off. So <laughs> so you're just playing to a track. And, and so Play. why do you got to go there then? Why couldn't you just do it at home in your studio? No, I was on tour and I oh. didn't have that studio then. So, and the thing is, that's okay. So, each one of those artists would normally have to pay for this big room. It was the same producer that was producing all of them. And oh. when the budgets changed, this is what they do they'd say, All right, let's get Kenny and do as many songs as possible, and it'll only be one day in that big expensive room to get that big drum sound. That's the other stuff they could do in a small, this engine, this producer had his own work studio and, and it's his own studio and he wouldn't have to pay for another room. Oh. One day, five artists. That's how they save money. Oh. And, and, and so I get paid per song, but he was saving, I mean, five artists, that's 2,500 times four he didn't have to pay. Wow. So, so, that's so smart. I was, okay. that's, that, that's why they did it that way. And, you know, I have cartage companies. They deliver my drums are all set up. I can, oh, they used to bring like a hundred snare drums, three bass drums, 250 cymbals, percussion. <laughs> I mean, I, I have sometimes have three drum kits set up in three different locations around town and go from one studio to another. What do you have, Same like with Nash. People managing you? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you keep it all straight, man? Well, the cartage companies, I'd call them up, tell them what, in the, what where to bring it, wh- who to bill, and to, and pick it up. Uh, I have people paying all my bills. I have somebody, a, 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 an accountant, money manager person who handles all my bills and every financial decision I make or go through. I've got a, a guy who handles my investments, and we, we all three have meetings sometimes. Then I have another manager to handle certain things. 
uh, and you know, I just have to, I, I, I have to job it out. You know, oh, I can't do it all. You have I to, because you've got, you've got the music, which is amazing in itself. And you got the book, which you just, you just did the audio version of the book. Now yeah. you're, you're punching my cord here. This is my deal. I listen to these things. I drive for, uh, you know, yeah. another job I have, I drive all morning and I listen to these books and I tell you, here's a, <laughs> I just finished the McConaughey one, which. McConaughey. Oh, I bet it's good. Oh my good. God, McConaughey's amazing. But, he's amazing. But then I saw Danny Trejo came out with a book. I'm like, I got to hear Danny Trejo. Oh, you got to hear his voice. So I'm going to listen to Danny. Well, I, Danny Trejo doesn't read so well. No offense okay, to Danny. Check, but check should yourself. not have so, done his own book. Really hard to read. And you know what this, the company did? The stupid people, they recorded my book without my voice. It was during COVID. They thought, I went. Oh, so they no, hired yeah. a, a voiceover guy? To do yeah, it? but they always knew I was going to record it, and they did it anyway. And I went, no <laughs> freaking – it's on my contract that they I have to approve that they – and they just did it. Well, they it lost, they lost some money there. Well, so I did it. I paid for my engineer. We did it in my studio. How, does and this, here's how, the, how do you like it? It was very difficult, very difficult. And what I – what I did is um, I realized if they're willing to record my audio book with somebody else, I better hand in a finished product so that because what I was worried is you hand in something that's say 85% done. They might go, ah, that's good enough and put it out. So I had my engineer edit between every single line of a 330 page book. And, you know, sometimes it'd be a pause longer because I made a big statement. And we, uh, I would do one chapter, and if I made a mistake or I felt I, could, I was speaking too loud or something, I'd keep going over that line. And we'd eventually get through a chapter. Then I'd leave the room. He'd clean it up. Then I'd come back and listen to it, and I'd find mistakes. Or I thought the phrasing was wrong. I, Dude, you sometimes it would take nine hours to get through 17 pages. Yeah. And, yep. and then once we got, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, then yeah. Once I got the whole book done, I went back and listened to the beginning and my voice had changed. So I had to redo the intro and the, and I, I had to redo chapters. Do... And then, then we mixed it. <laughs> then we mixed it. And so I handed in a finished product. And when the product came out and you can hear an audio version on like audio books, my engineer went, they didn't do anything. It was exactly what I figured. That's they weren't going to do anything. They put it out the way I sent it. And, uh, I, you know, so that, that, you know, that, that, that brings up a question. I do, I have a, one of my businesses is voiceover. I do yeah. some audio yeah. stuff. I haven't done any, you know, stuff at, at that level yet for, for someone yeah. like yourself. But my question to you is, uh, uh, Bert, you know, Bert Kreischer, he's a, a comedian. Uh, anyway, he did his book and as yeah. he did his book, he would add lib shit in the middle of the book. That's not even in the book and they left they it in, but I'm they wondering wouldn't, how, they wouldn't let me, how, so so how hard is that like you're going through something because it's your story and you're like yeah. oh i should add this and they wouldn't let you add it because the book's out and now you're well just... he, the reason why it was okay is because i edited every single word every single sentence in that book when i it was edited written. it uh that was written okay and uh I, and I, and then when i got with the editor i edited what he did I, it was one of the most difficult projects it was four and a half year project wow. and it was really really difficult i would i didn't like the way it was coming out so i would spend 14 hours on a day off on tour uh trying to um 
uh, edit one chapter, and 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 I had to learn how to be a writer. And it took a long time, but I wanted it in my voice, you know. Or you have to, you have to, you know. So unless I mean, you're Danny Trejo, then find someone else with that voice because the guy's amazing. I mean, he's he's his resume is about as long as yours, but yeah, not book reader. Let's say that, um, dude. That's a, that's a hard job. Man. And you gotta, got to have patience, man. It's frustrating. Oh, it totally, especially for somebody uh, like yourself who's used to fast pace with the drumming and you yeah. know music, and then you got to slow down because a lot yeah. of times that's a problem I have when I'm voicing a book or a, or a long explainer thing is I talk you know fast. I'm yeah. Let's get it over with. But yeah, exactly. Slow and, down. You know, as you well know, the breathing part and oh, yeah. how you project and and the last word should have some ending and not just trail off oh man there's so much stuff people have yeah. no idea how important that last word is because it, yeah, it tells it the whole story <laughs> it's the last word it's you don't go i went to the store i went to the store <laughs> i didn't know i went to the store what yeah you know what i mean do you know how much i've paid a voice coach to teach me that <laughs> and he still I, I and he still scratches probably, his he head got, probably should have gotten one but i learned through the process of like wow Oh yeah, man, it's awesome. Well, it's I, my engineer, though. I should say, my engineer was the one that was critique. He was like, "Nope, you got to do it again. You're slurring. Nope, 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 nope." So he was he he he's a producer, so he works with uh, a singer. So well, he that knew. definitely helps to have him right there on the ready for sure. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. a book can be a challenge. Um, but on top of the book, who's the contractor that's called in to fix the less experienced contractor's mistakes? Who's the contractor who gets approval from the insurance company even after the homeowner has been denied? Who's the contractor that has worked in our community and for our community for decades? Grady Restoration. Roofing, siding, windows, and gutters. Call us today for a free home estimate. Grady Restoration. They'll get the job done in a timely fashion. The average roof lasts about 20 years. But you may have storm damage that you can't see, or you may need more repairs than your insurance says they'll pay for. In fact, 92% of homeowners accept what the insurance company tells them, which could cause much bigger problems down the line. Let Grady Restoration help you. Get what you deserve. Call today for a free home inspection. For roofing, siding, windows, and gutters, Call Grady Restoration at 952-472-1570 or look them up on the web at gradyrestoration.com. Listen, gang, as a former insurance agency owner, I know what to look for in a dependable insurance agency. And I found a keeper with Wiser Insurance Agency. Wiser Insurance goes out of their way to provide friendly, personal service to their clients. Wiser Insurance has been in business for over 26 years with 22 different insurance companies to choose from. When I was in the game, the company to look for was Auto Owners Insurance. And Wiser has it. Auto Owners is just one of the 22 different options they have at Wiser. For whatever your insurance needs are, Wiser can help from personal to business insurance. Recently, they have helped clients with breweries, habitational, lawn and landscape, contractors, and custom home builders. It's Wiser's goal to manage risk and help you grow and preserve your wealth. They are completely customer-focused, and their agents are there to answer your questions. Give them a call at 952-472-3660 or check them out on the web at wiser-ins.com. And don't forget to tell them you heard about it on the DK Project. Now, tell me about rockdcoffee.com. You've got... What is it? Kabam. Kabam. <laughs> How does this you know, happen I, now? I love the idea. I love coffee. I live for coffee. 
Me too. Somebody approached me about it, and I originally was going to call, you know, K.A., Kenny Aronoff, K. I thought it, I wanted to be like Batman. Kabam! <laughs> and actually, the first version was Kaboom, but they found out that was toilet bowl cleaner. <laughs> oh, hey! We yeah, can't so, take that. Yeah. So no then, uh, and so they, uh, that hasn't really even been promoted, right? But you can get this at, what did I say it was? It was like a... Uh, it's uh, rock, it. rock the letter D coffee dot com. Yeah, right? yep. rock the no coffee with uh, coffee. Oh, C O. There you go. It's yeah, it's uh, rock D coffee C O dot com. There you go. And uh, it's in a Brazilian. It's an espresso. You can get beans or ground. It's really bad. Well, here's it's, my question because I owned a coffee shop one time. Yeah. What a stupid idea that was. I don't want to get yeah. into it. I'm still uh, licking those wounds. But I was in um, South Pottery Island back when internet was something you went to find. It wasn't just everywhere. And I went to this coffee shop to get my coffee and I, because I figured I should buy one because I'm going to use their internet. And I go in there and the guy's like, whatever. And I saw they had the Jamaican Blue Mountain, whatever. I'm like, I want to try that one. So yeah. he brings it over. It took him a long time. You know, it was no Starbucks. I mean, it took a little bit. And he brings this stuff over to me and he sets it down. And I'm like, what do I owe you? He goes, make sure you enjoy the coffee first and then you can pay. I'm like, oh, wow. so I put the seatbelt on, sat down and just was blown away by the coffee. I mean, and, and yeah. whatever it was, but it's yeah. like, how do you get that? Like, is that what you have? I mean, I don't want, I, obviously you have to well, compare they, it to everything they else. Me, but like, they sent me a whole bunch of different beans okay, and, I, and, and coffees. And I like this one. I didn't have them do one thing to it. It was so, Italian roast espresso. Okay. And it's dark. It's dark. It's full body. It's strong. And that's what I like. So, because so, you're a connoisseur, right? You We ran us through your ritual already. You know coffee. Yeah. So, when yeah. you got to this, so like, is that your go to every day? I'm drinking kaboom, kabam. <laughs> there no, in the toilet bowl clear. Well, I do kabam, but I also have a couple of Nespresso machines. And uh, those, the double espresso is really good. So, it's either one or the other. Yeah, they're both. Good. So, how has it been? How like like how well? How long has it been around? First, it's been around a couple of years. They didn't promote it really right yet, so it's been around. It's just the thing. They still we I I videoed and filmed promotion before the COVID hit, okay. and we still haven't really technically released it. So, I'm going to start doing a campaign at some point. I got so many things going on. You know, well, that's what I was going to say. That, like, uh, I got so much going on. So many projects. The Modern Drummers put out a series of books called the legends series and and they're doing one on me and it's 150 pages of like i did four covers for modern drummer plus up and coming before the i was a a celebrity drummer i guess so all those articles there there's 19 transcriptions of songs everything from cinderella to the buddy rich big band to tony iomi to mellencamp (laughs) to uh puddle of mud to rod stewart you name it and and there's a story with every each one of those no, it's like twenty something songs now. Twenty. And this is in the article. It's in the it's in the book. It's in the a book. book. So it's a and book. And are they a whole pictures. chapter on you or a whole thing? No, the whole book is me. Oh my gosh! It's one hundred and fifty pages of Kenny Aronoff. And oh yeah. You've got and I've got pictures of my original charts of Blaze of Glory. Oh, I from have the that movie. from Bon Jovi. But, <laughs> I love well, that I movie. Did, I, well, I did the soundtrack with John Bon Jovi. I did Blaze of Glory, <laughs> the song. It was one of the hits. Belinda Carlisle, Heaven on Earth. And those charts are in the book. You see my handwritten charts. Why? I, okay, so 
you got that. You got the cuff. You got the the tour with the. I mean, are you just a? Your wife's got to be like, come on, dude, come home. What are you doing? You you go constantly. You're married. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm just assuming. Oh yeah, and no, yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, every that's just the way I'm wired. You know, take Holy it or leave it. Crap. And I'm always working on new speeches. I have the speaking business, and man, I mean, it's like it's a lot of work. You know, I've had writers work with me, then I got to learn them, and I shoot myself, uh, uh, to do a Zoom video of yeah. me, and and I practice making the moves. I'll do that today. So how is uh, oh the speaking? God. Like what? What is uh, like? That's a big segment on your. Uh, that's pretty much your whole website uh, front page. Is is the speaking? What What are we talking about? Are you just going through what you've been through, or are you are you uh, talking about the team concept, or what do you what are you after there with the, with the public speaking? It's definitely uh, a team, uh, and I have an agent by the way that books us. It's uh, first of all, it's not as easy as people think it is to really put together a a forty five minute hour show. Is very very. And it's a lot of work, and oh. and and the 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 the, the basic overall uh, takeaway is it's about being a team player, but within that uh, concept is uh, being able to connect and communicate with people so that you can collaborate. Uh, so that's one thing, and I'll and so that's like me going to meet to do an Elton John session. I got to go right to the guy, start connecting. We have to connect on an intimate level so that we can collaborate and get that value of music. To, you got yeah. you can't just show up and be cold. It's way better if you and I and I'm great at this. So I talk about that, and and then the next thing is being innovative and creative for every artist I'm with and whatever that means, whether it's uh, my drum parts or my feel or my sound, it, it's being coming up with ideas. We solve problems with creativity and everybody in the room has to contribute. And the next thing is staying relevant, adapting and adjusting some of the stuff we were talking about to stay relevant in the business you're in. For sure. When, when I walked in to do Jack and Diane and the guy had a metal box and he called it a Lin-1 drum machine, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm being replaced by a machine. Well, I <laughs> grabbed the machine and I grabbed the mon manual and I programmed it. And then I learned about technology on the spot, uh, pro tools and all this stuff. I got my own studio. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I, I got my own, I turned my studio into a TV studio so I could do virtual speaking. That's adapting to the situation to stay relevant. And it's going to keep, think about it, LPs to cassettes, to CDs, to mini discs, to downloading, uh, eventually subscription and YouTube, which means music's for free. That's technology changed in our industry. For but sure. the big, the, the fourth nugget and the biggest thing I emphasize is understanding that life is short and it's very, very valuable for somebody to understand who they are and why they're here. Why are you here? When you operate from a place of this is who I am, this is truly who I am. It's not up here, it's down here. You know, words are ideas, but uh, feelings are the truth. And feelings and the truth are your soul, your being. That's who you are. And when you act on that, you'll be unstoppable, undeniable, and authentic. See, I'm the guy that can't wait to wake up in the morning and do what I do. I'm also the guy that doesn't want to turn the lights off at night because I'm doing what I like doing. Man. It's endless. So that's the secret. So I <laughs> lay all that out on people by telling my story. And so they will remember it's not just putting like a graph on the on the I don't do graphs and I don't do these like like you're in school at a lecture. No, the story is what will in put in will embed the 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 point I'm trying to make in their mind and in their heart. 
Man. The story. The story. Unbelievable. I, uh, I, I'm inspired now. I'm feeling like uh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta take all this in. I gotta try the coffee. I gotta. Well, I've heard most of the songs. I think I don't know. Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> yeah, most of the songs. That's awesome. But I, I. So, so what? What's next? Like you, uh, you said that you've got a tour with Satriani next year. You've got uh, the Bo Deans and and uh, Fogarty this year. Um, and you continuing to speak. Are you are you finding that's mostly like uh, corporate things where yeah. big companies are bringing you in to do that. And then, and then we're, and then we've got the coffee. What else? You got yeah, then they go through my agent or my. Oh man, I got a drum book that I got talked into doing that is turned into. Oh my god, it's basically a beginner intermediate book, but I recorded twelve songs, twelve different styles of drumming. So I'm doing everything from Herbie Hancock Maiden Voyage to the Almond Brothers uh, Midnight Rider to Stevie Ray Vaughan to. Uh, you know, uh, a Mellencamp song to a uh, La Freak by Chic. And so it's very, I'm being extremely particular about executing exactly the vibe I want to execute. The idea is to show people, it's kind of what I've done in my co- career. I mean, I recorded with the Highwaymen. That's Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, oh. Mr. Stalker, and Waylon Jennings, Come the on. greatest country artist ever. So I played a certain way when I played with them. Not the same way I played when I went on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. How, Not the same when I recorded with the Buddy Rich that. Big Band. Or when I played with Leonard Bernstein in a, playing Sibelius' Fifth Symphony, one of the greatest timpani parts ever written. It's a to- total different... It's like I'm an actor that gets does method acting and gets into the role of what that music and style is. Nobody I, else does that, do they? I mean, nobody. I don't... I don't know anybody who's done the Buddy Rich Big Band and worked with Leonard Bernstein with the number one student orchestra in the world and then played with Mellencamp and then is jumping over to How? Tony Iommi from Sabbath. And it's Tell just me about public- uh, Cash and, and Waylon Jen. I mean, come on. Uh, oh, yeah. Those guys, are they're authentic. They're, there's no jive. There's no bullshit. These are the real guys. I so mean, is it like a jam session or like where do you where do you meet up with them? How does that happen? There's a recording session. That's it. There's an album. It was a Highwayman record. It's like just any other session, except you have four lead singers. And you didn't, so you didn't tour with them or anything. You just they, a, they the... asked me to tour. Why didn't you? Oh Hello. man, there's a there's three why didn't I's. I didn't do the Highwayman rec tour. I didn't do Elton John tour, and I didn't didn't do a Mick Jagger tour. Oh, ouch! <laughs> That's all right because you did seventy five other ones that were pretty damn good too. So. You're not you're not missing any strides. What about no. the uh, so? Do you think you learned a lot from working with Mellencamp and his and his way of delivering and his his message? I mean, because there's a yeah. lot of people, especially nowadays, that how America's just been pussified, where everybody's so soft. You know, where you come in and say, "This is what I want you to do," and if you perform, you know, very Belichick like, if you perform, there will be success. But you don't see that anymore. Christ, they won't even say anything because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Dude, I am so on that page. And in the part of my book where I talk about I don't believe in laziness, I don't believe in entitlement, and I don't believe everyone should get a trophy for just showing up. I don't. No. I says that does not teach you to be great at what you're going to do. You can't get things handed to you. You have to learn you have to learn to go after what you want right you know and and i told my kid the two bits of advice i gave my kid who's 36 now i said listen just 
go through life thinking you're on your own. Don't look for handouts. Of course, I got your back. I'm your dad. But the point is, when you go at it, that approach and you become responsible for yourself, you are taking care of yourself. If everybody could take care of themselves, the world would be amazing. Now, not everybody can take care of themselves. But when they're teaching people to not take care of themselves, that's bringing the that's bringing the world down and then if you get people to say i want what that guy's got well then you have to work 12 hours a day seven days a week for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years right well i don't want to work 12 hours a day seven days a week i i just want it well i don't (laughs) believe you deserve it you have to earn it you get it and it's a crazy time i don't i think laziness entitlement is the destruction of society so yeah, well, I did like Mellencamp was the Bill Belichick. I was Tom Brady. There's no question. I, I am so grateful that I grew up with discipline, rules and regulations, accountability. If you do something wrong or if you get a D in a paper, a D, most likely you deserve a D. Well, I mean, I heard this crazy story of some girls in college and the girl puts her hand up and says to the teacher, I got a D on my paper. And this is a pretty big college, like Baylor or something in Texas. The teacher went, you got a D because you did D work. I don't think I should get a D. Calls her mom up on the phone. Ah, ah. Walks up. This is college. If my if I called my mom up <laughs> and said, will you talk to my teacher? She would have hung up on me. She, she says, was on her way down there to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, you got a D because you didn't. What's wrong? What did you do wrong? Why didn't you get an A? That's what they would have done. So they taught me to fight for what you want. And sometimes you strike out, but that's all part of the learning process. Yeah. You oh, I totally you agree. You can't. I know you do. It's it's tell, the, it's but, the uh, damn ribbon, the the participation ribbon that everybody gets. Now we're all soft. I don't want my kid to. I don't want anybody to have any feelings. Don't you know? Which. It's a whole nother deal. And then you meet someone like yourself who's working 24-7, seven, seven days a week, you know, all, all the way around. Come Still on. working that way. I know. Still. I know. Still. I, I, I'm very jealous. You're uh, you're killing it, man. I love it. I, I'm thinking about traveling out to see you with the Bodines this weekend. I don't know how far Yeah, that come is. on up. Might be a you'll, watch, you'll watch how intense I am at just just slicing right through butter with a knife. Bam. So, but you, Every- said, you said you know all of the, uh, the Bodines tracks. Like well, I, I'm reading too. I know all the songs, but there's new arrangements, and we're also playing with a click now, and there's a lot of stuff involved. But and so I'm, I just love it. I just are, love the. Are challenge. you, uh, are you doing the uh, the Milwaukee date with them? Uh, Which would I don't be so. mid August. I think I'm with Fogarty then. Uh, wait a minute, uh, August what? Thirteenth, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, American ooh, Family ooh, Insurance th- Amphitheater. I think I am. Are Hold really? on. Yeah, because I just got a plane ticket to go out on the 11th. Let me look real quick on this. When do you uh, normally come in? Like, when will you, are you going to go Thursday? I come in. I usually come show? in the day before. Uh, when you, when if I'm trying, if I'm going, let's see, what'd you say? It was August. Uh 13th. Oh, the the, the Sturgeon Bay one is the county. No, fair. August 13th is Madison, right? Not for the Bodines, no. Ooh. Okay, I'm playing <laughs> with them. I'm flying. I'm. Well, I'm playing. I'm flying to Minneapolis. It says where on when? on the twelfth of August. Yeah, thirteenth I play somewhere, and then fourteenth I play somewhere, and then. Why, why are you coming to Minneapolis? I thought that's what they had me flying. That's what they had me flying into. Wait a minute, is that right? <laughs> it's, it says uh, fly to Minneapolis. Yep. Huh. 
What? Uh, yep. Maybe it's Fogarty. I don't know. I'll check. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> I don't even know. Tell me what I'm doing. No, it says Bodine. It says Bodine. Huh. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll look yeah. that one up. That's in my backyard. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we've covered it all, right? I mean, you're a monster. I love it. Who? who, who I, I, you know, I know you don't like to say, but who's your favorite? Who's your favorite one to work with? Who's your favorite musician? Can't answer that. How, how do I pick between Paul McCartney, Sting, Bruce Springsteen, uh, some, you know, <laughs> Elton John, Mick Jagger? Uh, Should you have yeah. all these people in your phone? Like, like, like some of them do. I got Bon Jovi's number. I've got not Mick Jagger's. <laughs> I don't have Springsteen's. I got Sammy Hagar. One of the oh, oh. I, did chicken foot. I did a chicken foot tour. That that was phenomenal. Is he as insane yeah. as you think he is? Like he seems He's, like a good time. <laughs> He's great. He's fun. That's He's a good awesome. Guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen, Kenny, we can't yeah. thank you enough for all the time. We're going to wrap this thing up, and yep. uh, we're probably going to have to check in with you down the line. you got so much crap yeah. going on. We, uh, yeah. It's constantly evolving. So we'll look you up on KennyAaronoff.com if we need to. You can find everything there, the public speaking, the long list of people yeah. that he's worked with. And uh, we'll check in with you somewhere down the road, sir. Well, thank you for the time. Yes, awesome having me. Uh, you can people can go find me on Instagram. I have you can follow me. Oh, I always that? post there, and Twitter is Aaronoff official, but it's the same post in both. Yeah. Facebook. Don't ask me to add you as a friend. I tapped out fifteen years ago, and uh, <laughs> and then I'm on LinkedIn too. Oh, that's but awesome. man, that was also a conversation. Take care, man. Thank you. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.